sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Spooky Sunday this Sunday and your host here in the studio Renata Daniel wishes you a wonderful end of the week and a fabulous beginning to the new one and guess what I'm here all on my lonesome tonight I don't have anyone to interrupt me I don't have anyone to tell me naughty jokes it's very silent in here it's absolutely terrifying but miss anne is sitting at home unfortunately locked down with her husband which is a sad sad thing because he came home with a positive rat test last week which means that she had to isolate as well and um, they are just over midway in their isolation. So she will be on the phone after 8.30 this evening, joining me to answer some of your paranormal questions. But other than that, I'm here left to my own devices. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? A thousand things. But I'm going to start off this evening with a story so that I can sort of just ease into the evening and not feel so nervous as I am right now. So a few days ago, I posted on Newcastle Live Radio a photograph of some gorgeous, gorgeous teens, about seven of them. And look, I hadn't heard of them before, really, and I didn't know what they looked like. But a lot of you did, which I was very, very surprised. I thought, you know, I'll ask, who are these beautiful people? Does anyone know? And many of you got the right answer. I was shocked. But the idea about placing this on through the um, community page was because one of these gorgeous people has a different job right now. Yes, very interesting. And that person is Paul Catamole. Beautiful name, Paul Catamole. And he was, of course, one of the singers in the S Club 7 back in the day. I can't even remember what years they were in. 1970s, 1980s, 1990s. Someone help me. Someone send me a text on 0490 and at least tell me what decade they were in. And he is now doing something very, very different. Let me read this story. Now, grab a seat, pour yourself a cup of tea. This is going to be a long one. He used to reach for the stars, but poor Catamol is now more likely to read your horoscope after unveiling his new career as a psychic wizard. Now, this is just new. This This hasn't happened like, you know couple of years ago. I'm reading this from the 22nd of February 2022. So after 10 years of soul searching and meditation, the S Club 7 Star has launched a YouTube channel. We're all going to go there and check that out with predictions for each star sign and is offering tarot card readings, excuse me, for £39.99 on a spiritual website or £50 for face-to-face. Paul, 44, is now a tarot reader and a psychic detective. 
Hmm. I can't go into great detail, but I have been approached by people that have passed who tell me what happened to them why and why they died, he says. Oh, thank you, Jody. S Club 7, apparently late 90s. Okay, fantastic. I wonder what I was doing to have missed that anyway. Uh, one of them was a victim of crime, and that made me realise that one of the things I really wanted to do is psychometry. Walking into a crime, crime scene and being able to pick up tools and implements and know what happened, what they've been used for. Mm. Or read the scene because rooms, buildings and houses hold energy within them. In the past, I would have been too young to process that, but I'm definitely of the age where I can do that now. Paul sees his new career has been a decade in the making and that his psychic abilities first surfaced in his teens. I didn't know what it was, but I was getting premonitions of certain things, he says. I would see photos of people in newspapers and certain things about them would jump out of the image. Then in my 20s, it got more intense, but I could never tell anyone, even my bandmates, because it made me sound like I'm crazy. About 10 years ago, I was seeing, hearing and smelling things everywhere. I started meditating and it started really calming down. It brought me to a point of stability. It's been a spiritual journey. Oh, we love those spiritual journeys, don't we? Paul, who had a string of hits in a US TV show with the pop legends between 1998 and 2003, has recently completed a week-long course with the spiritual studio to hone his skill. <laughs> a week-long course. Right. There you go. The unusual career change comes three years after he sold his Brit Award for Best Single on eBay, saying he had bills to pay. Oh, poor darling. Fancy having to sell your award on eBay to get some money? That's just so sad. He now believes he can hear ghosts in haunted houses and in his listing on the website Ask the Answer, Paul describes himself as a psychic detective mm, after a week-long course, right, with a keen interest in getting to the root and cause of any problem as an intuitive paranormal investigator. All right, guys, I can see you reaching for the phone, sending me information in about this one. I have been approached by people who have passed who tell me what happened to them and why they died. If the crime-fighting career doesn't work out, meh, exorcism could be another lucrative sideline. Oh, my God. Paul has already been asked by a couple of friends to investigate whether their houses were haunted, declaring one was and the other wasn't. I walked into a house once and I could literally hear the ghosts running out of the roof, he says. They actually made quite a racket and I picked up on it so strongly. At the time, I didn't believe in ghosts, but I did from that point of view. Huh? huh? Mm, okay. It's rare that ghosts hang around a house to cause mischief and you can tell them to leave. Right. They exist in another dimension and they don't have power over this one. If you instruct them very directly to leave, they have to go. They have no choice. Oh, goodness. And we better speak to this fellow. Paul has also recommended burning sage and incense and using crystals for space clearing and smudging. 
Now, formed in 1999 when Paul was just 22, S Club enjoyed huge success with a run of chart hits, including Never Had a Dream Come True and Bring It All Back. Oh, I don't remember. Paul, who was always a huge fan of the Sun's Mystic Meg, bought his first pack of tarot cards after the band's stints in the US, filming the hit TV series Miami 7, LA 7 and Hollywood 7, where he says he was overwhelmed by psychic signs. I would have been thinking something and a truck would drive past on the freeway with a clear reference to what I was thinking on its side. I will never forget the time when I was driving on the 405 and Faith Hill's I Can Hear You Breathe came on the radio. I was suddenly filled with energy. Something enormous came into me. Oh, God, I'm so glad you're not here, Anne. I didn't know what it was, but it was amazing. To this day, that song has a deep meaning for me. I got my first tarot deck soon after that. Despite being at the height of success, Paul thought he was getting the wrong reading because the cards kept coming up the same. The Wheel of Fortune, the Chariot, the Ten of Pentacles, the Star, meaning fame, fortune and abundance. But it couldn't last. And Hannah Spirit uh, has since revealed that bandmates made just £600,000 each before they disbanded in 2003, a year after Paul left. He partially reformed S Club in 2008 with a couple of bandmates, but he left again after five years. Paul, who was declared bankrupt in 2014, says it didn't take a crystal ball to see financial problems coming. Mmm... Although his time in S Club was exhausting with punishing schedules and living out of suitcases, Paul says he loved the experience of playing to packed stadiums and travelling around the world. Yeah, obviously they were still not making enough money. Hmm, that's sad. It got very bad. He says, I couldn't pay the bills. It wasn't crazy bad, like I was going to end up homeless. And I really felt fortunate in that way. But I had always been a hard worker. And from having two paper rounds as a kid to being a podium dancer and working in a canteen at 18. And I think being employed and doing a job is one of the most important things for mental health. I found it very difficult, but I knew it was going to build strength. The energy I was getting was being called to do something else. I didn't know what it was going to be, but eventually it was to be a tarot reader or a psychic. After he started meditating, the former singer says he began experiencing all the clairs, every single one of them, God bless his soul, clear audience, clear empathy, clear sentience, clear alliance, clear gustance. And, yeah, whatever. Chocolate eclairs. That happened to me really quite strongly, he says. For about three months, I would get a taste of hazelnuts spinning down through my cheeks into my mouth. I told you, chocolate eclairs. <laughs> chocolate eclairs. It meant something was telling me life can be sweet. You're on the right track. Oh, my God. Although he's not religious, Paul says his readings are guided by a force that was there at the beginning of the universe, the prime creator. I feel the universe. I see the universe. He says the universe is a feminine bed of fertility. So when I pick up on things, I get a more feminine energy than masculine energy. 
interstellar space travel is paramount, he says, not because of population rises, but because that is what we're actually here to do. That's why the virus came to give us the antibodies and the bacterial strength to go out and populate the stars. It's our job to do this as a race. He also predicted the UK economy would bounce back from the pandemic sooner than we think, even if a new variant of the virus emerges. Oh, my God, isn't this amazing? Hasn't he changed? Wow. Wouldn't you love to just become so woke? Crazy, huh? You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. We've had a great weekend with lots of things happening. We had a Maitland Jail tour on Friday night, which neither myself nor Anne could attend. But guess what? The fantastic team of volunteers that we have took over and did a fabulous job. Big shout out to them. Love all of you guys, every single one of you, um, for taking on that challenge and running with it. Um, We know that you do a good job. Whether we're there or not does not matter. And so glad that you did. And uh, uh, in the meantime, I was out at Miss Porter's house in Newcastle West and uh, I was doing a private tour for a family group and they had a ball. It was going off at Miss Porter's house. We had REM pods and and cat balls and everything happening. We had uh, spirit communication coming through the spirit box, intelligent conversations. It was crazy as. And then yesterday we were out at Stroud, beautiful Stroud, haven't been there for so long because of the fantastically horrible Rona that's been going around and we had to cancel so many of those tours that we had planned out there. We finally got back this weekend. We had another beautiful group of eight people. And wow, the conversations we got from the spirit box, I actually had to stop one lady at one stage and go, surely you're not listening to me. Surely you you, you can't be saying to me that like, you're not hearing my questions because her answers were so spot on and she had the um, uh, headphones on. So theoretically, she couldn't hear me at all. All she was listening to was the spirit box and the sounds coming out of the spirit box and, and channeling these answers, but it was unreal. So we have got tours on virtually every weekend. So if you feel that you have a calling to come on a ghost tour you've never been before or like some of the ladies that were there uh, on Saturday night it was their third week in a row bless you come on a ghost tour very very soon check out Newcastle Ghost Tours or uh, Frightfully Good uh, Anne and Renata Frightfully Good for details Uh, we have one at Dubbo coming up very very soon as well at the end of March so book your tickets we're almost half sold out for that one Now, I have another story here, and this one comes from America, California. And uh, if you've ever listened to the Eagles and their album Hotel California and you've had a look at the front cover of the album, you will see this amazing skyline, this, this photograph of this building. And apparently the place that I'm going to talk about Uh, is that particular building on the album cover. And this is Camarillo State Mental Hospital. And this comes from Dread Central, which is a um, uh, a, a webpage. 
And this is where I've got this information. So it says, California is a state with more than its fair share of ghostly residents and true to the West Coast way of life, many of them deal with stars of past eras and horrific tragedies, the likes of which no other state can easily boast. While stories of the ghost of Marilyn Monroe and Howard Hughes are well known and accredited accredited to dozens of locations, there are places where the presence of ghosts is not merely a fabrication to the boost of the tourist trade. In fact, were the places left in their original condition, no sane tourist would want to come within a hundred miles of them. But while places like aging stars get facelifts and become something else, the soul remains the same. Such is the case of the Camarillo State Mental Hospital. So built in 1936 in the small town of Camarillo, the state mental hospital emerged as an, in an era when those with mental disorders were called crazies, lunatics or criminally insane. Its hallways and cells were used to treat alcoholics, paedophiles and those with mental illnesses, retardation and violent tendencies. According to some reports, Camarillo was in those days a man-made purgatory in which the worst of the mentally diseased lived. The acreage around the facility was used as farmland, complete with a dairy. The patients had no need to leave the grounds for any of their needs nor were they allowed to. By the 1950s, more than 7,000 patients, some as young as 11 years old, were housed at the massive facility. Patients wore tan jumpsuits to distinguish themselves from the doctors and to help capture those that attempted escape. Rowdy inmates were routinely kept under control with powerful drugs. Those that were still uncontrollable were subjected to barbaric treatments such as electroshock therapy. Another routine treatment was to immerse the patients in hot water, bring them out, then wrap them in ice-cold towels. Still others were simply trapped or strapped to their beds until they'd exhausted themselves. Investigations in the hospital revealed other horrors such as brutality from the guards and inmates abusing and killing each other. Over the following decades, things began to slowly change at Camarillo. During the mid-1970s, the House of Horrors examined its policies and began working to actually heal the patients instead of locking them away. By the early 1990s, patients were no longer wearing the familiar tan jumpsuits and were being taught real skills that could enable them to exist and function in the outside world. More children were admitted and different types of therapies were developed. Patients were allowed to wear their own clothes and even a petting zoo was added to help the developmentally challenged and children. Toward the end of the Reagan administration, the president instituted a new legislative mandate for deinstitutionalization. It heralded the end of Camarillo as patients were to be moved to other facilities or released back into the streets. Camarillo finally closed its doors in 1997, making the end of an era. Marking the end of an era, sorry. Scars left by the old administration plagued the hospital until it closed. Employees and renovators alike tell tales of phantom presences, moving objects as well as strangely coincidental deaths. 
Even people from the film industry, which have used the buildings for several set locations in movies, have reported strange encounters. Most who enter the old hospital grounds are affected in one way or another. Headaches and nausea are common side effects, as are dizziness and fatigue. Many who enter swear they can feel being watched or threatened. While symptoms such as these can be attributed to the imagination, it is the eyewitness accounts that provide the most chilling view in the past of Camarillo State Hospital. Among the reported activities are the voices and laughter of children at the building once designated as the Children's Centre and the Petting Zoo. The beautiful woman in white, who may assume to be a nurse, roams the hallways of the bell tower only to vanish when confronted. However, some of the most compelling stories come from those who either worked or lived there. A female janitor one evening got a shock when the cleaning women's in the cleaning women's sorry when cleaning the women's restroom, as she bent to pick something up off the floor, she noticed a pair of legs, which she described as obviously belonging to a man under the door of a stall. When she called out to the person in the stall, there was no answer. She pushed the door open only to find the stall empty and the legs gone. Another employee, a nurse named Debbie, had an encounter when trying to sneak a cigarette during a rainy day. Not wanting to go outside in the rain, she opened the doors to the courtyard and lit up. No sooner had she taken her first puff than, as she put it, someone grabbed her roughly by the shoulders and shook her hard. However, when she looked, there was no one there. The 65-year-old nurse was grabbed by the hair and pulled backwards out of a chair by an unseen assailant. She was, however, alone in the room. Her co-worker, a 10-year veteran of Camarillo named Cheryl Downey, thought the stories eerie, but it wasn't until her own encounter with the supernatural. She says she saw him as plain as day, as if he were another living resident of the hospital, but that she'd never seen him before and he was wearing an inmate uniform from the old days of the asylum. He appeared during one of the busiest times of the day just after breakfast, walking into the women's restroom. When she called out to him, he continued as if he hadn't heard her. Cheryl called her co-worker to rouse the man out, but the room was empty There were no other exits or windows and the man could not have gotten out without at least one of the ladies seeing him. Now, legends and folklore have amplified the reputation of Camarillo State Mental Hospital. Its fame has spread through myth and celebrity alike. In 2000, renovations began and two years later, the buildings that were once considered the most notorious forensic mental hospital in California opened its doors again, this time as California State University. The buildings look the same as they did on the outside. Inside, cells have converted into classrooms and dorms. The restless souls, however, seem to remain. Oh, welcome back and guess who's here? And No, I just wanted to leave it dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> I knew uh, that there'd be I, this rising I, panic when there was silence. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much oh, right no. now. <laughs> I've got to get you back somehow or other. There were so many good comments I could have made in that. I that know. Oh. Every 
time I stopped, I thought, oh, that Anne would have just been like yeah. writhing in her seat right now. Yeah, yeah. I was texting through responses, but there's no point. She can't read them out. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. well, you're doing a mighty fine job there, Renata. May I add? <laughs> oh, thank you. But like I said, I can, I can literally just. Oh, hear my own breath and that's about it. It's just really off-putting being here well, on own. Or, well, we're never really alone, are we? But, you know, oh, you know no, what I mean, no. never really alone. <laughs> so I've got some questions that have come in from lovely people all over. Well, I've got, I've got something I just want to ask everyone first. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I sort of was thinking, because I've been locked in the house now for five days and going quite crazy, uh, and I've moved furniture around and rearranged stuff, and yeah, it's, it's nightmarish, but is there anybody else out there that has things coming up that they're looking forward to, that they're just they're almost like keeping it to themselves because it's almost like you don't want to voice it. You don't want to say, I'm looking forward to this. I've got this wonderful event coming up because you're there's this thing in the back of your mind that goes, I, I better not mention it because it might all be taken away. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anyone else feeling like that? Because, look, my son gets married Saturday week, and I, I, I'm so excited for them that I'm almost too scared to post anything in case it all gets ripped away. Mm, yep. And then we've got our trip in five weeks. Yep. Five weeks, Renata. Yeah. Um, and it's like normally I'd be posting over Facebook countdowns and everything on my personal page, and I'm not. I'm not doing any of it. Mm. Is there anyone else out there? Let me know via text if anyone else is finding that they're they're, they're squashing their their shine a little bit because of what we've been through for the past two years. It's a bit of PTSD. Yeah, it is. Uh, and the number to message through on is zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. And I think we've all got a little bit of. Um, COVID mania, um, and uh, I look. I did feel as I was out today that people are feeling a little bit brighter with just the masks being off. Uh, you can actually but see I their got smile. Yet. Well, no, you haven't. But I'm, um, I'm masked in my own house at the moment. I, I do see people smiling a little bit more. Well, I see them yeah. smiling now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, so, you can yeah. see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what questions have you got? Okay, uh, let me see. I had one and now I've lost it. So she's not good with technology, uh, no, everybody. No, 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 no. And all I could think about is when you were talking about that dude from whatever Club 7 it was, is when he was smelling things. I could just think of our last two hauntings podcast in oh, Janelle and Kate. Yes. Oh, and people have been <laughs> commenting on that. And we're not going to say anything extra other than you have to nope. listen to the True Haunting podcast, which features Janolan and Caves, and just get to that spot where you hear Anne's story and all shall be revealed. <laughs> it is a momentous occasion in um, podcast history, let me say. It is. It's, it is. it's worth an, an Oscar if they were giving one for podcasts. <laughs> a streamy. <laughs> right. Okay, so one question is, I've always wondered, can spirits who haunt the same location interact with each other? Well, we actually had an interesting case with that, didn't we, at a, a private house? Yes. Where they were sort of... Now, you were the one that actually picked up on that, that they were 
they were sort of aware of each other, but not really. Mm, yes. And they were kind of fighting for territory, which we find that some spirits who are on the same property do. It's like, you know, this is my place. What are you doing here? And this is my place. And what are you doing here? And, yeah, and uh, we found that on a couple of um, in a couple of places, we found that in Janolan Caves, uh, in Caves House, uh, that happened there, um, yeah. and that happened uh, yes in that um, private investigation we were doing in Newcastle. And yeah, of, and that was that was for a real estate agent, and because they couldn't sell the house, and uh, we've gone in there and you've, you've spoken to the ghosts and. Um, sorted them out and the house sold the next day. Yes, the house sold the that next day. <laughs> so We're if anybody the, wants to hire up. us, if you're having trouble selling the <laughs> house, we'll come and yeah. sort it out for you. I think we need to start charging. <laughs> uh, so the answer to that, the quick answer to that would be from our experience, we have encountered spirits who do know of each other on the property, even if they're not of the same time frame same timeline so yeah it could be different in other places but um, where we have been we have found that there have been spirits that have been interactive with each other i would say i would say they would have to be intelligent entities rather than residual because residual wouldn't be aware of anything Mm -hmm. okay old mate dazza here why does spirit energy present in so many different formats he asks well, you know what? Well, I reckon that's got a lot to do with humans' uh, interpretation of what they're seeing. Um, I don't know if it's actually there is that many, mm-hmm. but it's what our brain is expecting to see, um, and they 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 communicate with us through the language or knowledge that we have. That's just my thought on it. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know. I always say to people, we love to classify things. It makes it easier for us to understand or we can go, oh, yeah, when we really don't mean, oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it, it just makes it easy. And the classifications that you sort of we attribute um, to ghost hunting in most cases are those three classifications of residual, intelligent and poltergeist, yeah? Um, But then you have a number of different variations uh, on the theme and then you have kind of different entities that sort of come into that whole haunting aspect. So that's when it gets really complicated and that's when people's heads tend to explode and go, you've given me too much information, I really don't understand what's going on anyway. So we have to be careful that we don't overdo things. Um, But yes, we love to kind of put things in boxes it just makes it easier to uh, understand but on the other hand um, I guess Daza the thing about it too is that uh, spirits appear in different ways don't they Anne? Yeah. So you'll well, get. Well, I don't get to see them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but you can see. Well, let's let's have a think about some of the ways people have seen spirits. So I mean, I have seen shadows. I have seen that. I have seen you know that flickering thing out of the corner of your eye, mm-hmm. um, which is n- normally dehydration. I did see what looked like a solid human being walking in front of me at Maitland Jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, that's and then I there was the one I saw when I was younger, and it looked like a staticky outline, and it was my uh, intuition that filled in the rest of the information, and I got it validated and verified later. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so people will see shadow figures. They might see dark 
uh, dark or dark-like spots that seem to be darker than dark. They might see um, light. They might. I was reading a story about an illumination of a sort of uh, light, like a lightning bolt. Um, Orbs. Orbs. They might see orbs. They might see um, like clouds, like smoke clouds. They might see full-bodied apparitions. They might see partial apparitions. And, yeah, that is one of those mysteries that these things seem to appear in a thousand different ways, shapes and forms. Um, Some appear clothed. Most appear clothed. Has anyone seen a naked ghost? Oh, I've had enough of that in the, ha- uh, the house this week. <laughs> My husband, for those who know Roman, they'll, they'll get this. From the minute he got sent home because of the positive COVID test, the clothes came off and they haven't gone back on. They did go back on this morning because Hannah had to drop off some cough syrup for him, um, very briefly, our daughter, and uh, but they're, they're back off. He's he just been naked the whole time. Oh joy! Just it's just, terrifying. Just, yeah, just amazing. Right, yeah, I've got a couple. He's, he's very hairy kiwi fruit. Don't, just don't, no, don't, please. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm pretty good at visualising, but I, I just don't want to. In a very that. saggy stocking. No, don't. Thank you. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna go to a song. I think Aww. we need a song. So hang on in there, Miss Anne. We've got a few curly questions coming up in the next 15 minutes. Um, But we're going to go to Beyonce with Single Ladies. And we are back. Spooky Sundays on a Sunday, of course, on Newcastle Live Radio with your hosts, Renata Daniel and Anne Rekovich on the phone. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm just taking my medicine while I was listening to uh, Beyonce, which is a a nice glass of wine because, of course, that's going to kill off all the germs. Oh, thank you for for that. Um, Mm, Very nice. Honestly. We've got to stop doing this. Now, don't pull this trick again, okay? Just, you know. Hey, look, I would rather be in there with you than home here. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay, look, I've had a question about light language. Oh. Light language, what do you this think? This is not my, my area of expertise at all. Oh, but I do so want your opinion on this. Now, let me, oh, look, I just had a quick look at <coughs> light. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had a quick look at light language. And I do know some people who use light language. And if people have not heard this term before, it is a channeled cosmic language that is apparently futuristic and ancient at the same time. And it is interpreted... It's... Yeah, a bit like dolphin, <laughs> dolphin speak. And yep. it's interpreted by the heart, right? So it's the heart chakra that interprets this. Christy's listening to this, I'm sure, and she's cringing. She's going to give us an earful when she comes on after 9.30 about light language. I can, I can just say it. Now, it's supposed to shift your energy to a higher plane, a higher octave, um, and kind of get you in the zone of consciousness. And um, then I read somewhere that it's an ancient teaching passed down to the shamans of Veracruz, Mexico, and associated, associated with the Mayans. Now, who would have thunk? Oh, well, that's okay. They must have found a tape recording of their voices <laughs> from way back then. And um, they know exactly what they sounded like. The uh, Aztecs, <laughs> the Mayans. <laughs> 
Oh, we can put out their little Walkman and they recorded it and put it up there for everyone to listen to. There was an Australian band um, called Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs and we must have to listen to some of their songs, but that might be light language as well. Oh, is he the one that sang Short People, Billy Thorpe? Yeah. Yeah. Short people and no reason. No, 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 it's not that one. No, 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 no. no. Okay. No, most people I know think that I'm crazy. That's the one. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, okay. Anyway, (coughs) so we we need to listen to some of his songs because, I mean, he played with the Aztecs, so there you go. Mm, Okay. So, I mean, what do you think about light language? Um, Honestly, I've not had any experience with it. I do tend to roll my eyes at it, but I shouldn't do that because I haven't studied it at all. Um, what What is the point of speaking in that language when if Spirit wants to communicate with you or give you a message, they would give it to you directly in, in something that you could understand. It's almost like these people are trying to differentiate themselves to be special, mm-hmm. um, that you can't receive it like I can and you can't interpret it like I am, so therefore I'm special, you're not, you're going to have to get the message from me and love and light. Mm. Am I being a bit harsh? Well, maybe, I don't know. Um, I the, the ones that I have seen are extremely good. I have no idea what they're talking about, but gosh, I, I would be falling over my tongue trying to do all of that. So, Ooh. you know, they're they're exceptional. There are a couple of people on YouTube that do it absolutely, and on TikTok, um, we've got one. Um, comment here that says sounds like the mass hypnosis hill song used to do talking in tongues very similar to talking in tongues very very ah. similar um yeah yeah and it's, how, it's, how can you validate what they're saying because if you can't understand the language then yeah. you can't how do you validate it? Mm. Look, there was a test one time done, and I, I do say this because I, I know I read about it. Um, there was a uh, university lecturer who uh, was um, a expert in old languages. In old languages, and he <laughs> sat in on one of the um, Pentecostal churches. Um, Downloads of talking in tongues, and he said that um, in amongst all of that, he could not pick one language that made any sense. <laughs> but maybe these languages are even older. You know, yeah, who, who knows? Older they could than be you. even. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely, even older. So, just before we go, one more question. One more question. Um, astral travel is it real? Um, once again, not my area of expertise. Uh, is it possible? I think it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've all had that sensation where we feel like we're um, we fall back down into our bed, but that's part of the uh, process where your brain is trying to disconnect from your body, and um, so there's. So you don't harm yourself while you're asleep. Your brain will disconnect from the motor functions of your body. So um, and sometimes that that link will chop suddenly and that's where you feel like you've suddenly fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people will say that is the, the start of astral travel. Yeah. And, uh, look, we, if we've got time, we might get um, into this right at the end and just um, 
uh, I'll read out some of these comments and everything. We're just pressed for time. Uh, I just wanted to say that Portable Tree has reminded me about your little um, uh, venture with the aliens the last time you travelled a couple yeah. of many years ago. And she suggests that maybe, yeah, maybe Anne will be injected by aliens this Qantas flight to the UK. Yeah. Well, I'll just push you out in front of me. But (laughs) before we go, there's one thing I do have to say. Fairy. Oh, you horrible, 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 horrible woman. Horrible woman. I'm going to say goodbye to you. Go away. Thank you very much. Bye. There, cut her off. Show her. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back to Spooky Sundays with moi, me, Renata Daniel, just in the studio, all on my lonesome. Miss Anne made a small appearance whilst drinking wine from the comfort of her lounge room. Thank you very much, Miss Anne, and left me with the F word. Thank you so, so much. I don't care. I'm, I, I'm good. I'm good. I've got them all under control. Thank you very much. We have this ongoing thing. We might, yeah, we might do a Facebook thing about it at some point in time. It's to do with the F word and not the one that you're thinking about. Anyway, I have another story that I'm going to share with you. And this is a really long one, so I'm going to try and get through it because it's really interesting. And uh, this is about the mysterious, cursed and haunted tomb of a vampire baroness. Now, she was born into a rich Russian industrialist family in February in 1779 in St. Petersburg, Russia. And her name was Baroness Elizaveta Alexandrovna Stroganova. And she led a charmed existence. Her family was one of the wealthiest in Russia, rich off money made from salt and fur and very respected. And having been bestowed the title of Barons of the Russian Empire by Tsar Peter the Great, she would also lead a rather colourful life marrying a young man from another family of rich industrialists by the name of Nikolai Nikitich Demidov when she was just 16. And when he became a diplomat, the two moved to Paris, France, where they would have four children only two of which would survive to adulthood. The Baroness was known as an outgoing socialite who was very at home and popular with the aristocratic circles of Paris, which along with her good looks made her the talk of town. Their lives became a bit tumultuous when mounting tensions between France and Russia forced Russia to recall Nicholas in 1805. The two moved to Italy for a time before heading to Moscow, but their marriage would disintegrate after that. Now free and unfettered, Baroness Demidov moved back to Paris, where she had always felt most at home and in her element, and she would die there in 1818 at the age of just 39. It was in death that her life got a bit weird. Hold on to your seats. The Baroness was buried at one of the cemeteries in France, which had just been opened in 1804 and was considered a chic and fashionable place to have one corpse interred. Now, I haven't mentioned the name of the cemetery because I can't pronounce it. You're just going to have to wing it. Just, it's a cemetery, right? It's a big cemetery. 
but I'm not going to even try and pronounce it. I will just smash it. So if you were going to go out, you might as well go out in style. And the cemetery was the final resting place for the rich and powerful. The largest necropolis in Paris. Here there were impeccably well-manicured tree-lined streets and lavish mausoleums and neoclassical and neo-gothic tombs, blah bloody bloody Hers was a massive and elaborate structure of white marble standing at an imposing 32 feet high. Oh, ancient Greek temple, final touches being crystal coffin that she was buried in. Now, I've got a picture of um, the, the mausoleum in um, the Facebook page, the Newcastle um, Live radio uh, community page, if you want to have a look, it's there. So rumours would later begin making the rounds that Baroness Dev- Demidoff will have left uh, will Demidoff's will, sorry, had left a rather bizarre stipulation. According to the rumours, her will stated that a fortune would be awarded to anyone who could spend a year in the mausoleum alone with the body of the Baroness, and there were certain strict rules to abide by. This is so weird. The person who would try it was not allowed to leave the tomb for any reason other than for an hour a day to take a walk, during which time they were strictly forbidden from any human contact, and the walk was only to be undertaken between 5 o'clock in the morning in summer and 8 o'clock during the winter months. On top of this, the only diversion they were allowed was that of reading by the funeral light at the head of the coffin. A servant was to visit the challenger in order to bring food and water and to take any waste, but this servant was not to be spoken to or even acknowledged in any way. Indeed, this guest was not to talk to anyone for the duration of the entire year, or they would be disqualified and start again, forced to start again. It seemed odd to be sure and adding to the ordeal if anyone hoping to pull it off was that the Baroness was said to be interred within a crystal coffin, her corpse clearly visible to whoever may sit within the gloom with her. Uh, There were supposedly mirrors installed everywhere to make sure that the observer was always confronted with the morbid sight. So one Paris newspaper said the princess lies in a crystal coffin. Thus, the whole body is distinctly visible in order that the man or woman who might undertake the long watch should never lose sight of it. Now, according to reports, no one had ever been able to spend more than a few days in the mausoleum. But as soon as this news started hitting the papers, there were plenty of people who were willing to take up the challenge. For months after the publication of this story, the conservator of this particular cemetery received so many letters from all parts of the world, from persons of society anxious to earn the million francs, that it became a daily labour to reply to them. This time it was affirmed that several persons had attempted the terrible death watch, but all had abandoned it. They had, it was said, heard unearthly and mysterious sounds and been struck with horror and fear by ghostly apparitions. Though applications to watch by the coffin of the Russian princess came from all parts of Europe and even North and South America, Belgium seems to have furnished the largest number of intrepid individuals willing and anxious to sit the whole year in silence by the coffin. People from all walks of life applied for the macabre challenge and there were soon numerous reports that those who tried faced all manner of misfortune. There were reports that people had seen ghosts, 
fallen mysteriously ill. There were reports that people had gone insane only after a few days or even hours of being in the dead Baroness's company. And in many cases, the person who tried was found screaming to be let out. In others, they came out of the ordeal with mysterious scratches and bruises on their bodies. And in some reports, a person would die shortly after exiting the tomb. No one could last long, and the longest anyone was said to have lasted was three weeks, after which they became a jabbering idiot. Adding to the growing spooky legend surrounding the mausoleum, uh, it was covered in all manner of symbols and numbers, as well as carvings of bats and of wolves' heads, and this led to the rumours that not only did these have some sort of occult significance, but that the Baroness was actually an immortal energy vampire and that her will was designed to provide people for her to suck the life force from. Only adding to these rumours was that her corpse was said to barely deteriorate at all and there were meanings found in everything from her date of death to the location and placement of the tomb. She became known as the Vampire Baroness of Paris. These stories may have made the rounds right up into modern days with people reporting seeing apparitions near the mausoleum or are feeling sick or suddenly drained of energy in its vicinity. There have been mysterious orbs and even a glowing face in the gloom and such stories have earned it a reputation of being a most haunted place. Now, unfortunately, it is unclear how true any of these stories are, but we do know that Baroness Demidoff is a real person and that the mausoleum does exist. It does have strange symbols adorning it, and there are certainly many people willing to come and try to stay in the tomb. But the problem is that it is unknown how true the stories of the mysterious wool and crystal coffin are. One of the problems is that these stories didn't begin to circulate until long after the Baroness had died, with the rumours first appearing in the news in the 1890s. Before that, there was no mention of glass coffins, the will, or the mysterious phenomena surrounding the mausoleum. It was only when these news stories began spreading like wildfire that the legends seemed to have begun. The 19th century was actually pretty notorious for newspapers printing fanciful stories and fake news. So the story of bizarre wills, curses and vampires certainly seemed to fit the bill. Now, that was the time when the Penny Dreadfuls were being written as well. And they were little magazines with the most horrendous and horrible stories you could ever come up with. And they were sold for a penny at newsagents and people could not get enough of them. And it actually was at a time when people were starting to go to schools as well and learn to read and write, so everyone wanted to read these things. So it was likely a throwaway bogus article in a slow news day that, for whatever reason, soon got picked up and caused a sensation around the world. Nothing more than a hoax that got out of hand. However, considering the more modern reports of strange phenomena around the mausoleum, it certainly seems that something weird is perhaps going on there. Today, the cemetery is the most visited cemetery in the world, as well as the city's biggest park. Full of breathtaking architecture, peaceful meandering trails and historical significance, as well as the tombs of famous people throughout the ages. Among these, the tomb of Baroness Demidoff still stands and can be seen to this day, although no one is allowed inside to see if there is a crystal coffin and a vampire in there. 
Maybe the best way to know for yourself for sure is to go and check it out one day yourself. We have a trash and treasure here. And uh, like I said, it's me. It's not Anne. Anne's the only one that can do trash and treasure the way she does it. But I'm going to give it a crack. And the thing is that she's literally given me a small book to read. I can't get through this, Anne. Like there's like... It did take half an hour to read this stuff, but I'm going to I'll see what I can get to. Now, if you want to have a look at Seren, and this is the doll, the haunted doll that is up on eBay um, for sale or Etsy or wherever the hell she is, Etsy, um, then you can go to the Newcastle Live Radio Community Facebook page and have a look at this gorgeous creature, and um, I will just read some of this for you. Just... Look at the time here so we don't spend the next half hour reading about Seren. Look closely, child with curious eyes, for the shadows show us more than we realise. It is all there before us if we choose to see. Oh, God, who was that? The stunning Seren. This spirit here is so light-filled and there is so much of an essence of purity and blessedness with this spirit. Such light force and direction, guidance and grounding, yet such gentleness and compassion. Her gaze is one of curiosity and inquisitiveness. There is a sense of learning and seeking. She's truly exquisite. Being in the presence of this spirit is an almost mystical experience. It's hard to find the words to describe the plays of light and intensity of this. But you freaking have found two pages worth anyway. Um, So... Saren comes to me through the beautiful Rose, a talented and insightful witch who has asked me to rehome her spirited vessels due to personal reasons as she has become unable to keep them with her any longer due to the new direction of her life journey that has dictated to her. Mm, right. She's scaling down her work now and has asked me to assist in rehoming her vessels to new and rightful homes. Saren is very, very special. Seren stands at 35 centimetres in height. That face, that hair, she's hard to forget. I have been quite amused having her in my home and watching visitors gravitate to her when they see her, of watching people enter the room and then catch sight of her and swerve to move to her side. She's quite the heart seeker. Yet to dismiss Seren as beautiful, however much that she is, is your mistake. For there is much substance in this spirit. She is very wise, she is intense, no nonsense, and there is very much the sense of steadfast and grounding within her. Her gaze is non-wavering and her expression at times is unreadable. Her past guardian spoke of Seren appearing to look different in the face from time to time. I believe she was describing imprinting, where spirit can come through so clearly that the channel vessel or person takes on the appearance of another deceased person during communication. I have worked with a number of vessels which display this quality. I believe I have captured these expression changes in the images attached to her information. No, you have freaking not. It's the same bloody doll. You've just done it in different... Anyway, she's very enigmatic and her facial expression changes, can be very marked. Update, message from LB to state she saw her eyes move as he was looking at the images. Okay, message from EK to state her smile looks different in different photos. Hmm, 
Okay. You check it out and you tell me what you think. She will aid with your intuition work and she is a visionary aid. Dream work is also assisted with this vessel. The light surrounding her forms a protective shield around you. There is very much the sense of being enveloped in light. It is a mist-like and very apparent. It's a sensing of calming that I will also mention here when you hold her vessel. There is such a sense of clarity and grounding being in her presence is a real experience. Now, look, I reckon these things, these ads are English university students and they're given this task. The teacher says, write an Etsy ad that's like 5,000 words long and um, let's see if you can sell a doll. Let's, Let's just see. Let's see how many adjectives you can put in there. That's what I reckon it is, because this is insane. Okay, there is a healing of the soul and psyche here for you, a resting of spirit. There is a strong sense of being watched over. She absolutely radiates with light. Spirit shows so many orbs that encircle her tiny spheres that spin and dance around her. There is a haunting beauty in this spirit. She appears as a very feminine spirit. Her eyes appear very fixed upon you and she does not look away. She's a doll. She will be a powerful tool and portal for your work with communication to the spirit realm as her light will bring them forth like moths to a flame. There is no missing the light she brings with her. You've said that a million times about the light. Her expressive eyes show her loving heart and her soft side, but do not just be misled into thinking she is weak. There are also at times, especially in session work, appear to be quite focused in the distance and this is a sign of spirit connecting with the other realms. I have felt slight touches on my shoulder or arm since having her in the home and there is a peculiar misted light which is seen with this spirit and sometimes I have reported many times. Hmm, Let me get to the end. Seren, Seren will reach for the one for whom she will continue her journey. She is truly beautiful. She is mesmerizing and whomever she chooses will be left with no doubt. Step forward if this is you. I believe, as with all spirit, that you will know if she's right for you. You must be 18 and over to bring Seren home. And please be aware that with any spirit vessel, I cannot be responsible for any paranormal actions you may experience through bringing the vessel into your home. You bring this vessel into your home at your own free will and your experiences are your own. I am more than happy to communicate with you first and answer any questions God, would you really have any more questions to ask? As it is very important to me that this vessel goes to the correct guardian. Please ask anything you wish. I am always here to assist and to allow you to explore if this vessel is right for you. Etsy requires me to state that you are buying a tangible item for entertainment purposes only. I am not to be held responsible for any paranormal occurrences that may occur. Blah, 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 blah. Please ask if you would like me to assist you. Now, Anne, I don't have a price for this one. You didn't add a price. Although, you know, she must be just priceless, I would say. And um, it does say that she's no longer available. She must have gone to a really good home. Um, The rehoming has been done. Oh, oh, no, it's here. $980.74. Are you serious? Is, Is that decimal mark in the right place? Yeah, it is, $980.74. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm hitting the salvage stores tomorrow, and I'm um, I'm creating a Seren all of my own, I think. This could be very lucrative. Watch out, Etsy. 
Welcome back to Spooky Sundays, and we have the delightful, the glorious, the extra special Miss Christy from Spells and Spirits with us right now. Hello, my sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Mm. Hello. You feel better now that you got that out of your system? I do. Look, it's not my thing. I, I, I actually find it quite jarring. Mm. Um, when I hear it, I don't find it um, soothing for me in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, we must not be from the Pallades. We must not. No. But if you find that it helps you and it gives you healing, then all by means. Yeah, all power to you. All power to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, we have some gorgeous incenses that we're talking about. We do. Mm-hmm. And they're... It's from a company called the Traditional Incense Co. And they're actually natural plant-based incense powders. Now, I've got so, I've got one of these and they're just super. They're divine. They are divine. I've got all of them and I can't stop using them. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I guess, you know, it is um, a traditional form of incense, just having the power. Um, and they don't need to be used with charcoal so a lot of the resins and the herbs and things that um you get you need the charcoal you need to light the charcoal then you sprinkle the herbs or resins on top Mm -hmm. and that's what you know makes them smolder and makes them smoke Mm -hmm. so with these ones you just need to what i actually do is i have my cauldron and i turn the lid upside down and then i make a little mound of powder in the lid and then I light it. So um, I think you and Renata, uh, you and Anne have um, put that on the Facebook group, yes. which I can't because I'm currently serving a 90-day Facebook jail term because naughty, they have of humour. That's right. How yeah, dare not- you have humour? Oh, How dare you be sarcastic and have, you know, something that people actually have to <sighs> think about to see that it's humorous? I know. God. And it wasn't even my funniest meme that I've ever posted. That's no. what makes me so No, no. You've it. done better. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, yes, so you don't need a um, heat source to burn these. So... Um, a lot of people do describe them as self-igniting. Mm-hmm. They they are not. They don't ignite themselves, so no. they're not going to explode into flame or anything like that. But yeah, so um, in the little video you'll see, I've just got a little jetter. I've just got a little mound of powder. I just light it for a few seconds, and you'll see that it smoulders. <laughs> and so that was going <laughs> nicely. I hope that was jetter. Yes. Crazy. Oh, dear. So, if you don't have a cauldron, obviously go on to Spells and Spirits and buy yourself a cauldron. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can use a ceramic or a glass burner. You could even put it on a um, ceramic tile Mm -hmm. if um, you needed a heat source to Mm -hmm. burn them um, on. But um, 12 different... Um, flavors, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a frankincense one, which is traditionally used to help cleanse um, a sacred space, but also helps to banish negative energy as well. Mm-hmm. Jetta, we have healing lavender, just in case you want to smoke your hoo ha. <laughs> yes, we need, every so often a hoo ha needs to be smoked. Yep, give it a good Ab- smoke. Absolutely. Yes, but really, um, lavender is synonymous with healing and love and tranquility. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 
The purification blend. So um, I wasn't sure about this one when I first bought it, but it actually turns out to be one of our top-selling ones. Ooh. Yeah, so it, um, I guess that the aroma is quite pungent. So they do say that it's great to use in ritual or meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a mix of like frankincense, copal, and myrrh. So all of those things correspond to purification and cleansing and to banishing negative energy. Mm, that would smell delightful. Yeah. There's sandalwood. So sandalwood is, again, another common one for ritual and um, meditation. Mm-hmm. Love and attraction. So this one reminds me of a smell from my childhood, and I still haven't figured out what that smell is. Mm. Um, but it's a very... It does have a sandalwood base, but there's different herbs and resins in there. So, again, all corresponding to inner love and attraction. Mm-hmm. But I love the smell of that one. It's um, That one's my favourite. There's white sage. So, again, um, that nice um, cleansing, purifying um, sage. So, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. you know, we can um, cleanse our space with that. Patchouli, so a nice, deep, earthy aroma of patchouli. Take you straight back to the end of the 60s and 70s. Yep. Uh, meditation blend. Um, so, again, um, the herbs and resins in there all aid in feeling grounded and meditation. So that's a lovely one, actually, to sit um, with your burner because you can actually watch, your, watch the smoke mm-hmm. and allow yourself, I guess, to go a bit deeper yeah. with that way like watching a candle flame yep um we have myrrh which is again a nice um face cleansing one as well dragon's blood so that's always going to be a nice one to um you know call things in increase some power mm-hmm. and of course prosperity Oh, so that's, that's the one I've got. One, yeah. So yep. for um, abundance, attraction, all of those things, all those to correspond with that to call that into your life, and they're only ten dollars. Yes, and that's what <clears> I like. It's a decent sized jar. It is. Um, mine is still going, and I've had them for over twelve months. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. is there is certainly so much powder in there that can be used because you only need a little bit of a sprinkle to uh, get it started and to uh, to burn. Uh, and the smell, like you said, the aroma from all of them is just beautiful. They're very, very gentle on the nose and, yep. um, yeah, very, very potent. And did you say that they're an Australian company? Um, that's another good <coughs> question. I can check that out and um, let you know, but yeah. I do get them from um, a distributor here in Australia mm-hmm. and let me walk over and grab my jar and I can read the back of it for you without glasses. This may be the issue. You have plenty in stock. Made in India. I made in India. Awesome. Yep, you have yep. plenty in stock. Yep, and, I do. Uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and they can be found on your website at Spells and Spirits. Now, you've got a um, uh, a, a psychic fair coming up shortly? 
We do. We had the Live Your Light Expo, so not last year, the year before. Um, it was at South Leagues Club this year, Bigger and Better at Walls End Diggers, and that's on the 1st of May, mm-hmm. um, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock. There'll be platform psychics, meditation, sound bowls, you name it, all happening on stage, so there's something to do the whole time yep. um, that we're there. Obviously, I'll be there, um, you know, Nice venue to grab some lunch at in the middle of yes. things and that as well. So you can come and spend the whole day because, like I said, there's that, that much going on today. Yep, absolutely. Um, to, to feel the whole time that you're there and obviously come over and say hi and I'll have all my goodies. Yep. But don't wait till May. If you want something that is very special at the moment, jump onto the Spells and Spirits webpage and uh, purchase directly online and uh, it will be delivered out to you. So thank you yet again, Christy, for all of that. Uh, Awesome to uh, talk about those incenses and uh, what normally people would um, be wanting to purchase them to use them for. Um, So we will talk to you again next Sunday with another amazing topic. And if you have a question for Christy, send a message in to Spells and Spirits. So how can they reach you? Yep, just via messenger on um, from the Facebook page, Spells and Spirits. Um, you know, I've um, always got my phone on me unless I'm with clients and, um, you know, I get back to everyone at the end of the day. So, yeah, if it's about products, if it's about, you know, you're not sure what to do, obviously you can always book in for healing with me up at the Wellness Path um, at Nelson Bay as well. So I do a quantum chakra healing also do heavenly scent, which is an aromatherapy massage. Oh, nice! Um, but yeah, more than more than happy, you know, to help you know people if they don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, if they're on a new path, they don't know where they start. Um, you know, always happy to. Um, give some advice. Awesome. And if you've got a great question that um, we might have as a topic on uh, Spooky Sundays, ask Christy and we'll talk about it live. So okay. thank you, Christy, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay, okay by yourself. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. We've only got a few minutes left. I've just realised that they have put two songs in to end the evening, maybe making my life a little bit easier. So I need to finish up a little bit earlier than normal so we can get to the news on time. Just want to tell you about some uh, events that are coming up in uh, March. We have the Paranormal Investigation at Old Dubbo Jail coming up on March the 22nd. So we've probably sold about half the tickets available at the moment. And it's a three-hour investigation. So if you want to take a drive up to Dubbo and, and give them some money, support the the people up in Dubbo and Old Dubbo Jail and join us for a three hour investigation of the jail on March the twenty second. Oh, sorry, March the twenty sixth. And uh, next weekend we have the Wollumbai Ghost Tour on, which is just an awesome place to do a tour. And uh, there are plenty of tickets left for that. And that's on a Friday. So it starts at 7.30, plenty of time to get home from work and come and join us for a lively night, a lively night at Wollumbai, where we do a lot of investigation in the old museum that they have there, the old courthouse, and we jump over to the church um, and do some spirit box sessions and then we end up in the cemetery. 
Boomtish and do a bit of work in there, which is awesome. We've got some more tours coming up. There will be more tours put online very, very shortly once we hit uh, March. Uh, and uh, our team is going away next weekend for a bit of team building and a bit of R&R, something that we've wanted to do for absolutely weeks and weeks and months and months, but haven't been able to. It's been put off uh, a number of times because of COVID. So um, just as a thank you to our team. And again, thank you to all the volleys for being just so wonderful all the time and stepping up and doing your job so, so very well. Uh, But I'm going to leave you now. Thank you for joining me this evening. I've done it. I've been here on my own and I've done it and I haven't stuffed it up. And next week, Anne will be back in studio with me for another session of Spooky Sundays. Nighty nights. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live. Newcastle Live.